just being in the vegan space or plant-based space, uh, you're also never vegan enough. (laughs) (laughs) But then you're also too vegan for the average person. A lot of trial and error with what I could say and what I couldn't say and the type of topics that I covered as well, um, kind of getting away from, you know, the vegan police and, and getting hate from them. All right, Freddie boy, what's happening this week? This week, we are chatting with Candace Hutchings from The Edgy Veg. We chatted about her channel's role in making vegan recipes more mainstream and how the process made her realize she wasn't happy with the way she was being portrayed and what she had to do to change that. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. We're back with another banging episode of Creator Generation this week, joined by Candace Hutchings, better known on the internet as the edgy veg Candace. So good to have you. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And you're joining us from Canada. Um, yes. Which is, maybe we'll dive into that in a second, but maybe you give us a, a better <laughs> introduction than that, like... Who are you? What do you do? You're the edge, you're the edgy veg, not just any old one, the one. So the one and only. <laughs> uh, yeah, I run a um, variety of vegan food content across a bunch of different platforms. Um, started on YouTube, so I do vegan cooking shows, testing products, um, so that the audience doesn't waste their money on crappy vegan food when they don't have to. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, of course, Instagram and now on TikTok as well. There'd be a lot of uh, meat-only eaters who don't like the term vegan who think it's all crappy food. Well, you know what? There's there's good food and there's bad food in all food categories. <laughs> um, so I'd say that, that's, that they're wrong. Vegan food could be very delicious. I agree. Well, we, we do want to cover sort of that that vegan journey and talk a bit more about that but let's start with the youtube journey how did you started on youtube how did you get into that um well i started the edgy veg as a blog first and it just kind of it didn't mean to be a blog it just kind of started that way i ended up going vegan back in 2010 and i was teaching myself how to cook because i grew up as a big foodie i grew up in europe um lots of cheese meat eggs all that good stuff um (laughs) And I grew up in a family full of foodies. And so my big thing when I went vegan was uh, the only way I'm going to keep up this lifestyle or diet, whichever one you want to call it, um, is that I have to learn how to veganize my favorite foods or else I'm going to fail, essentially. So I was t- teaching myself how to cook. Uh, my mom was really interested in the recipes and her girlfriends. And so I found myself emailing them recipes constantly and um, it got annoying. <laughs> so I got a blog spot back in the day, blog spot, and put all the recipes up there and then they could just access it whenever they wanted, made my life a bit easier and it, it kind of took off. And then at the time, I guess it was 2012, YouTube was the the big thing that everybody was doing or starting to do. So it was just kind of like a natural progression into that um, where, you know, a lot of people were consuming food content. So it's kind of made sense. Mm. And you said you were a big foodie um, eating everything and then you went to veganism. Why did you do that swap? It started with health issues. I had a lot of migraines um, and skin conditions and I found that I was getting a lot of colds and I went to go see a doctor and they thought that those tested a bunch of different things but mainly came to the conclusion that it was likely a dairy issue um Mm. so dairy creates like mucus in the body so if 
you ha- I was having colds like constantly and migraines constantly. And so I cut out dairy first and felt really good, started to feel better. Um, and then because I was learning or trying to learn how to live a dairy-free life, um, I kept coming across vegan information. And the more I dug into that, the more it made sense. I grew up mostly vegetarian anyway, growing up with my mom. My dad was not, so we would eat meat when we were with him. My parents are divorced, but with my mom, she was vegetarian. So um, cutting out meat after cutting out the dairy was really, really easy because my mom had always cooked vegetarian food anyway. Um, And then it just kind of progressed from there. And how was that initial change? I mean, going from all that stuff to being vegan, would you find it an easy progression or was it a little challenging? I mean, back in 2010, it was challenging. We didn't have like all the amazing products that we have now. I couldn't go to the grocery store and find like a vegan butter without even looking for it Um, or all the different types of milks that we have now or all of the ready to eat products. They just didn't exist like at all, Um, which is exactly why I started teaching myself how to cook. Um, and using, um, cause raw food was a really big thing back then and using kind of the techniques that chefs, um, that made raw food would use, but on cooked food that just was vegan. Um, that was kind of the technique that I took. Hmm. I, um, I would say briefly dabbled with veganism. I was sort of forced into it a little bit when my, uh, daughter was very young. She was allergic to eggs and dairy, um, mm-hmm. which means my wife couldn't have it either. So we got a lot of vegan food. Um, and it was actually a really interesting process learning and understanding sort of what was out there. And I was actually amazed at the variety of products you could get. Yeah. It's amazing going vegan now. Like I wish that we had all that stuff when I went vegan. I would, the amount of terrible food I ate over like the course of like three years, um, I would say like 2013, (laughs) 2014 is when I started to go down to the States and like we would drive over the border to go buy vegan food that was okay, much better than we had here in Canada and like bring it back over the border just to stock our freezers with. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of trial and error and a lot of cooking everything myself, um, a lot of not eating out. <laughs> um, but luckily you can do all of those things now and it's really tasty. So that's nice. Do you, yeah. do you miss, is there anything that you miss? Any food, the flavor or the experience that you go back and go, like, I'm okay about it, but I I miss it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, cheese is a big one. Like, Mm. traditional, like, French cheeses, Italian cheeses, all of that. I mean, you can find substitutes, but it's – I just learned to live without it. Um, And you can find substitutes, and they're fine, um, but they're not 100% the exact same. So I definitely miss that. Um, but I don't really miss anything meat wise. Um, I, I, I would say a lot of the meat that you can get as a vegan now is pretty comparable other than like bacon. <laughs> yeah. Um, that must be challenging but, as a Canadian bacon, maple syrup. Uh, <laughs> There's the stereotype. <laughs> right. Uh, well now that I live in the city and not in the sugar bush, um, it's a bit easier. <laughs> what would you miss Fred? What would you? I, 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 what would I miss? I think I think I would miss bacon. Um, I think I would miss quite a few different things. Cheese, yeah, that would be one thing I'd miss. But what what I found really interesting though is that you know there are things that mock trying to be meat um, that are vegan, but there are also a lot of vegan things I didn't actually realize were vegan, and I was shocked. Like you yeah. know um, where I where I am, the 
Domino's garlic bread was vegan. Yeah. And I thought, oh, they make vegan and vegan bread, but they'd always been that way. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh. And someone said Oreos are also vegan. Is that right? Yeah. Or am I? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of food that um, we call them like accidentally vegan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oreos there's definitely being one of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Actually, something else was that uh, you know Biscoff that that oh my that god biscuits. Yeah, I live off those. There, yeah, I, when I when years, I, they were the only thing that I knew that was accidentally vegan. Them and Oreos. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was so good. When I discovered that, like, I was like so happy because it's such a tasty thing. And I was like, this so is awesome. Yeah. And I grew up <laughs> eating that in uh, Europe too. They call it uh, speculus or in German speculatius. And they, yeah, I, I didn't even realize until I was on a plane one day and they gave us um, just the little individual wrapped ones with our tea and I was, I was reading the ingredients or my partner was reading the ingredients. He was like, Oh my God, we can eat these. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, yeah. But is there anything else you find that, that was really shockingly vegan? Like you didn't realize it was. And uh, yeah. So a lot of ramen, especially Mr. Noodle brand. So when you get like beef, Mr. Noodle or chicken, Mr. Noodle, it's all artificial. So it's totally Stop vegan. It. Yeah. It's, it's all artificially flavored. <laughs> And a lot of like chicken bouillon, like the powder or the cubes, is artificially flavored. A lot of it. That yeah, one actually, blew I, my mind. Yeah, I, <laughs> I saw that on a stock cube the other day. I was using it and it says chicken flavored, no chicken. It's like, oh, yep. this, is just, uh, this is not real chicken, vegan suitable. I'm like, okay, there you go. Ooh. I was making like a, a vegan chicken stock for years. Until I learned that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this entire time I could have just gone to a store and bought it. Well, we've got a thing in Australia. I don't know if it exists in the world, but it's it's a thing called chicken salt. Um, it's the best thing ever to put on your chips. I have no idea if this is vegan or not, but I would guarantee there's no chicken in it because it doesn't taste. <laughs> you get your fish and chips, a bit of chicken salt. It's a strange thing. I have chicken salt. You have chicken I salt? I have vegan chicken. Is there, I is have there chicken in the chicken, chicken salt? Sure um, so I've only tried the vegan one, um, which I have in my fridge right now or in my pantry right now. But I haven't tried like a non-vegan one. I don't. I don't. So I don't know. I don't know, actually. Yeah, quite... A company sent it to me and they have multiple different like flavors of chicken salt and like a low <laughs> sodium chicken salt. It's tasty. Uh, mm. good one. It's good it. on popcorn. Oh, it's good. It's going to be, anyway, like, it'll be, veganism will be main, like the mainstream choice in, in a couple of years. And we'll be all like, oh, remember meat, remember this, remember dairy. Be, yeah, yeah. All so long ago. Hey, just a quick interruption. We have the Creator Generation Discord community. So hit the link, come hang out with us and your fellow creators from all over the world. We'll see you there. This is a fascinating area. We could be talking about veganism for ages, but let's um, have a, a, a steer back towards the YouTube element. I mean, on YouTube, cooking is a, is a huge category, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's Im- immensely uh, popular. It's one of those things that just sort of everyone is sort of interested to some end of the scale. Um, but because it's popular, it is, you know, quite a hard category to get into because there's so many people wanting to get into it. So how, do you, how did you set yourself up? apart as a cooking creator um well luckily i had a niche um Mm. in this case like a a really hyper focused niche it um was veganism not vegetarianism um now there's a lot a lot of people doing um vegan and plant-based cooking um but that was the main one so i had the niche which made things a bit easier i made it easy for people to find me um but then the other thing with being a food creator you need like really good 
footage. So I invested in a camera and audio and um, just made sure that I shot really beautiful food because if you, you can put a recipe online, but if there's no photos, chances are no one's going to make it. Or if you take really crappy video of the recipe, you don't get like the salivating and like people don't want to sit there and watch it or make it. So that was another big thing was getting the equipment right away as opposed to like slowly building up to that. Um, I just invested in really good equipment right away. Um, and then I also had a bit of an angle as well in the vegan community because at the time, a lot of it was like raw food or raw till four, like freely the banana girl vibes or like just very strict, like whole food, plant-based eating. So like making everything from scratch, um, no oil, no sugar. Uh, and I wasn't that I was, um, I was veganizing junk food, like fast food. Um, and my favorite, like childhood foods and other people's childhood foods. So that also set me apart from all the big salad people <laughs> that were there. And it, has it been challenging anyway as a creator in, in a cooking space? Have you faced like all the other challenges creators would face? Uh, burnout was a big one, especially in the food space because it, it just, it's so much work. Um, everything mm. from like writing recipes, testing recipes, um, long shoot days. It's, it's one of those niches where like you actually have to really commit to, you know, the, the, the work of it because it's, it's just so many steps. Um, so I definitely yeah. burnout was a big one. Um, I kind of go in and out of that. Like I'll be like, okay, I can do everything. And we're going to put out like 14 pieces of content a week. And then after a couple of months, I'm like, oh, right, we've already done this before. So in terms of like challenges, I would say that's probably the biggest one that I faced. Um, and then just being in the vegan space or plant-based space, uh, you're also never vegan enough. <laughs> but then you're also too vegan for the average person. Um, so a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of trial and error with what I could say and what I couldn't say. And the type of co topics that I covered as well, um, kind of getting away from, you know, the vegan police and, and getting hate from them. That was interesting. That was a fun learning curve. Who, who are, like every niche has, well, not every niche, but a lot of niches. It seems like they have got like the culture police for X vertical. Like in the vegan, like who, who are they? Who are, who are the vegan police? Are they? I would say they're the really extreme vegans. Um, so the people that, you know, call like meat eating the hol like the animal holocaust, um, those types of people. So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be vegan enough for that genre of vegan because, I, I mean, I kind of go by the definition, which is veganism, which is like abstaining from animal, um, or consuming animal products within reason. Um, so like I, but to them, I shouldn't drive a car. Let's put it that way. I shouldn't, um, like garden because I might kill some bugs. Like it, it's, it's that type of thing. It's uh, the people that like scream about, um, speciesism, um, you know, those types of vegans, I'm sure we've all come across them. Um, but yeah, never vegan enough for them. Ever. <laughs> the, the, mil the militant vegan. Yeah. Yeah. So with, when you have that uh, carnivore approved sort of tag, is that something they jump on and like, nope, can't say that? Is that the kind of thing that triggers them? Well, yes. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and so the whole point with that was to get in more of an audience that might not be vegan, um, but is interested in vegan food or just like wants to cut back some meat, um, like maybe once or twice a week, maybe they go meatless or go vegan for a day. Um, I'm very welcoming to that idea in my community just because I think that every bit of change is change and it helps. Um, a lot of people don't agree with me. They think you should be a hundred percent or nothing. And I, that doesn't make sense to me in the grand scheme of things and how the world works. Um, Mm. so for me, the whole carnivore approved is, yeah, it's vegan food, but if you just like good food, you'll like it. Like it's not good for vegan food. It's just good food. (laughs) Can I ask though, like with some of those recipes you make, I was like, this is like, looks too delicious to be like healthy. People seem like all vegan is healthy, but there are some vegan recipes that are just not healthy. Oh yeah. Vegan doesn't equal health. Like at all, by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, Oreos are vegan. They're not a health food. You know what I mean? So that is a big mistake that people make, that they just automatically think vegan equals healthy. And I will get comments that are like, I'm so disappointed that there's sugar in this recipe. Um, I thought you said it was vegan. It's like, well, it is vegan. You're looking for uh, someone else's channel because I use sugar. I use oil. Um, Yeah. <laughs> doesn't equal I use gluten yeah. I love gluten let me keep my gluten <laughs> let me keep my bread my pasta yeah because uh my 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 daughter is allergic to eggs still um and it's sad because when it comes to birthdays she can't eat cake and as a you know as a four-year-old like it's the saddest thing in the world to to go to a party and not give a four-year-old cake right. but there's a incredibly good vegan bakery where we are it's called vegan yums if you're if you're in brisbane All right. check it out and they make the most insanely good vegan cakes so good that they <laughs> outperform any other cake so whenever we go to a party people ask us to bring these cakes because they just love that's them amazing so, much. so it's it's it, it's insane and like i look at it and go, oh vegan cake and it is truly delicious um and you just think like i can't believe how far this has come this is this is amazing yeah we have a place in toronto as well called tori's bake shop and anytime i have to bring anything anywhere if i have a birthday um back when i got married that was the wedding cake no one knew it was vegan um and people were like this is the greatest cake i've ever had in my life and that's when you get the fun little oh well it's vegan (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of the point, yeah, right? And that, that. that's my whole philosophy and why I started the Edgy Veg was to show that it's just good food. It's just good food. It's, it, mm. Yeah. It is. And especially that uh, the fried chicken substitutes, they look pretty darn good with mushrooms and cauliflower and all sorts of Oh, absolutely. Tasty I mean, anything deep fried is going to be oh. delicious, right? <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay. And so healthy. I keep getting. getting uh, uh, <laughs> distracted by this okay back to it like let's talk about your community yeah. like you talked about you know there are the vegan police out there like what's let's talk about the good part of your community what what's your what are your, what are your fans like um they're they're great um they're super supportive they're the average person right they're they're a combination of people that are already vegan and love to cook um or they're people that are i call them veg curious um and they they're just interested in learning how to cook vegan or adding, you know, a meatless day to their week, or they have a loved one that's vegan or a a child or a partner. Um, and that's kind of the community that I fostered. Now they're more interested a lot of the time in the food science behind it more so than the fact that it's vegan. They're kind of 
enthralled by the fact that I can take like mushrooms and turn it into fried chicken um, mm. as opposed to, you know, I don't know, a lot of the other channels that you see out there. Um, so they're, they really like the food science behind it. They like to see a really great transformation. Um, and yeah, they're just, they're essentially me, which is nice. <laughs> I want to, I want to flip gears a little bit, so I don't want to sort of rock the boat, but I will, if um, I'm allowed to. <laughs> the dogs would disagree. Do- the dog approves. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's in the same, like talking around your community, but sort of then shifting gears more into, um, like your content that you make and, and, uh, a bit diving in a bit more into your journey as a, a, as a creator. Um, like we, we met what, like late last year online. Like I, I reached out to you out of the blue, um, and you responded, which was very nice. And, um, cause we were running, <laughs> I tried we, to. we still are. <laughs> I'm well, bad at email, running, but I try. <laughs> yeah, no, well, you were, you were brilliant because we're running, we still are running a, uh, a women's creator program in collaboration with YouTube across Canada. And you're obviously a, a woman creator in, in Canada, but that wasn't just all. Like what stood out for me when we were, you know, I was scouring the internet for inspiring, interesting uh, women Canadian creators. Um, geez, how many times have I said that? But um, you popped out like and stood out massively. And I sort of, there was this one video that you made about, I don't know, eight, nine months ago that is called What Happened to the Old Candace? And I was like, okay, yes. I'm looking at a vegan cooking channel, but the the video that you see straight up, the pin video is What Happened to the Old Candace? And I'm like, oh, well, what is this? And, and I was like, like that, that's when I just went, uh, you know, flagged your your name and your channel. It's like, I can't remember what the, the, the note was on the spreadsheet. It was like, we, you know, like double asterisks. We need, we need this creator to talk to other emerging women creators. Mm-hmm. Um, done that in Canada with with other amazing creators and now we can broadcast that further but instead of me telling you telling that can you explain what that video is and a bit yeah. of genesis yeah it? absolutely so because it's big yeah it's um <laughs> I kind of I'll kind of start at the beginning so when my channel really took off um I was working together with my now ex-husband um and then we got divorced and didn't really talk about it <laughs> at all it was it was it was a whole thing uh, but I didn't really talk about it um and because I had left that relationship and I was on my own um for the first time I think in my life I was able to figure out who Candace was um because I wasn't under the influence or I didn't have you know a push into either direction from another person that was in my life and so I changed from, you know, who I was uh, to my audience. And it started to get really obvious that people were noticing this. Um, and I was getting a lot of comments. I was unhappy before. Um, and I was super, super thin. Um, I suffered really bad anxiety. But I masked it all for my YouTube channel and for these videos. And it was all very, very fake. And I was happy for the first time in my life and I ate food again. Like not that I was not eating my own food, but you know, I, with the anxiety, a lot of the time you're, you have a inability to eat, let's say. Um, and I gained some weight and people talked about it, um, continuously in the comment section. And I, I was, I'm still like a straight size, normal size, like 
it was just so outlandish to me that this was the thing that people were talking about. Um, and my personality changed and my attitude changed. I stopped being this over the top, super bubbly person, um, because that's what I thought everyone wanted to see on YouTube. And that was the only way I was going to get through this. And people also noticed that. So this whole video was just saying, you know, it, it was talking about this mask that I had put on to show up for this thing that was my job and to show up for these people. And it wasn't me. And over this journey, I slowly became myself again. So the new Candace um, is a Candace that makes me happy and hopefully will make them happy. But it's it's a different person. Um, and just kind of talked about how, you know, people change and uh, these people grew up with me and just saying, you know, you don't want anyone in your life to not change. That's a horrible thing to not change. Um, like we, we really hope that people grow um, and become different people and, and, and become happy. So the video essentially was just explaining that. And then also, you know, a bit of that was also like, stop commenting on people's bodies in general, <laughs> like whether someone loses weight, gains weight, dyes their hair a different color, whatever it is. Um, let's stop making comments on people's bodies because literally my body is the least interesting like thing about me. And so that was, um, really important to me as well. And I think a lot of people were receptive to that. A lot of people actually ended up commenting that there was something off about my old videos and they could tell that it was a bit of a fake personality. So that was, that was kind of cool. Actually, I, I was a little nervous about the response I was going to get. Um, I invited people to, if they weren't aligned with who I am now, like, and if that makes you upset, like, feel free to unsubscribe. And I don't mean that in like a unsubscribe. I mean, like, if this is no longer a community that serves you, like, then, then don't be part of the community. If it, if it hurts you, we should never be part of a community that hurts us or makes us feel bad. So essentially that was the video in a nutshell. <laughs> Amazing. And what was it like dealing with those, those comments, obviously, because I mean, some of them would be very supportive. Some would be probably very hurtful. Uh, mostly it was an outpour of support. Um, I couldn't, I, I couldn't even really tell you if one stood out that was overly awful. I think most of the community, at least the people that commented, were super supportive. Um, also said, you know, that they noticed um, that the channel had changed in a good way. Um, and just, you know, kind of mm. said, like, whatever you decide to do, you know, we'll support you. And like, we're, we also have changed. So that was a really cool conversation to have in the comment section. Yeah, it's actually really interesting because um, it's so good to sorry, it's so it's so good to hear that there was that support. Um, a lot of creators that we've talked in the past, when they've made changes, they found that sometimes who they thought was a community had a really negative element to it, and they find that extremely hurtful, and it really affected them really badly. But it's really great to hear that there was all that support around it. Um, and you know, it is funny because I actually before I sort of knew who you were, I was watching your videos, and I'd started, I'd actually watched your in, recent videos. And then a couple of your older ones surfaced. And when I first watched them, I was like, oh, this is strange. This is not like the, the, the Candace I know. It's like completely different gears. And then I, and I realized and I watched that, that, that changeover video. I'm like, okay, okay, I, I get it now. But it's, it's interesting because it just seems so much more comfortable in your current videos. Like your, the personality. And it just, I just like connect with them so quickly in those current videos um, compared to the other ones, which were just it, like you're right. It seemed like you were a little bit over the top to give that artificial element you thought people wanted. 
Right. And, um, and give that like YouTube personality. Yeah, the YouTube personality. <laughs> and it's and it's a big thing. We get asked about creators all a lot. Like, should I be a different person for YouTube? And you know, one of the first things we say is like, no, like actually be who you want to be. Like do that because if you keep being a fake person, eventually it will just crush you and it will just yeah. lead to misery, really. Well, and I think a lot of people think um, that they have to be a different person or, or maybe some people do want to be a different person, let's say online than who they are in real life, because it also creates a, a, a difference between like their job and who they are here and then who they actually are. Um but for me, I couldn't play that role. It just made me really uncomfortable. Um, and it was starting to create a lot of identity crisis um, scenarios for me where I just like, I didn't know. Am I like Candace, Candace? Am I Candace, mm. the edgy veg? Like, who am I in my everyday life? And so for me, it was easier just to kind of take my my role as the edgy veg and just make it as true to myself as possible. And I think people can tell when you are playing a character. I think it's very, very obvious. And for some YouTube channels, that works. Um, but I think for something that is so lifestyle-based and in a lot of ways really sen- at sensitive topics, like animal ethics, is there. it's a sensitive topic. And I think people relate a lot more to the actual person themselves as opposed to a character. It must have been a bit of a... Um like a bit of a journey for you before you created that video. Obviously, there's a bit of a journey, but in terms of creating the content, like you're a, a vegan, you know, channel, and then you're wading full bore into into a completely different topic that's very personal. It's about you, and it's also about it's about the internet and how we engage with the internet, not just on YouTube, but all. Like, was that how was that process stepping through the door for you to sort of put it all out there? Um, and sort of step out. Your dog loves my voice. It's beautiful. I think. Yeah, it um, really does. And like <laughs> stepping outside your lane in air quotes, like into a, a you know a, a quite a hot hot button topic. Yeah, I mean, it it was difficult for me. I had always kept my personal life like very much at arm's length from the internet. Um, I had just seen. I I mean, I started in the era of like everybody had a family channel. Everybody was daily vlogging. Um, it was just so intimate and that I've always been a private person. So that just made me super uncomfortable. So even opening up in the way that I did, it was really uncomfortable. Um, but then it felt like the right thing to do. And I'm really glad that I did do it. I'm glad that I worked over or worked on like getting over how uncomfortable it did make me because some of the things that I've shared, like not only that, but my struggles with anxiety and mental health, um, you don't realize how many people need someone else to talk about that stuff in order for them to take action to do something in their own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with mental health, at least in the last couple of years, I love that it's such a huge topic um, because people feel more comfortable talking about their own struggles and things and, and maybe not their own struggles, but like the struggles of a family member and they don't know how to help them. And so once I started to realize that getting more personal was actually helping people, um, I definitely stepped outside my comfort zone and, uh, it just felt that it was an important thing to continue to talk about, whether that was mental health, feminism, um, being in toxic relationships, all that stuff. And, uh, so it's made my community a lot nicer as well. Um, because people, I think they have an emotional attachment. It's almost that like parasocial (laughs) relationship that some people have, but, um, it's, it's made my comments actually nicer. I think mm. because people are also open to sharing. 
Mm. Yeah. Well, you, you, you definitely have helped a lot of people just by sharing it, not just in your community, but, but broader. Um, so contributing to that has been amazing. And it, it's, it's mm. an interesting thing. Like, do you, do you feel that, like, as consumers of internet con- content and YouTube videos, until it gets slapped in your face that these are actually human beings and people? Like, are we forgetting? Like, what, what do you think? I mean, we're, maybe we're getting deep, too deep in understanding human psychology here. But what's, what do you think is going on that's, that until you tell them, hey, I'm a person and this is me, you can watch this or not, but, like, I'm, I'm a human being? Yeah, it's like... It was bad before, but this is a whole other level of like people forgetting that people that they see online are actual human beings. Um, and I think maybe, especially because of the pandemic, people had no, a lot of people like just didn't have that, that interaction with people outside of the people that maybe are their family live in their home or whatever it is. Um, so I think that disconnect definitely just like propelled that idea that like, oh, this is my phone or my TV or whatever is not real. Like it's, it's almost like people treat the internet and people that are on the internet almost as if it's a Netflix show and they're not real. Um, and I think that being kind of removed from society for like what the year and a half, two years that a lot of us were in Canada, it was fully two years. Mm. Um, I think it's, it's taught people or, People have just forgotten how to socialize properly and, and they see a face behind a phone or a camera and they just do not make the connection. And that's sad. <laughs> and people are mean. I mean, I hmm. I don't know if you've been in the TikTok comment section, but my God, those people are savage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, uh, speaking of, of savage, one of the questions, like Ant was talking about the event series we did Um and one of the questions we got asked um, was that, like, what happens if you aren't good looking or you change the way you look? Couldn't you still succeed on YouTube? Do you think that's still a, a thing? It, that you have to be good looking to be on YouTube? Uh, yeah, or if you, if you change your look and you still succeed, if people are used to something else. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I kind of dealt with that when I dyed my hair and gained weight and some people hated it. <laughs> <laughs> and other people didn't. Um, I mean, I think you can definitely still succeed. Um, I think we're a lot more forgiving. And I think our generation specifically um, is a lot more aware that like people are complex and like looks don't matter um, as much as like being an awesome person does. Um, I also think we're more, we're becoming more aware. Like I said, to not comment on people's bodies in general, um, you know, the whole body neutrality movement is huge. Um, people standing up for, um, like minority groups or, um, people that are disenfranchised. Um, I think, you know, we're not really letting it slide as much. Like even mm. I remember when TikTok, when I first started downloading TikTok or downloaded TikTok, um, and someone said something really amazing, whether let's use, I don't know, some feminist rant video as an example. And then there'd be someone in the comments saying like, she didn't stutter. And then immediately underneath you see that's a really ableist comment. Um, mm. because, you know, people are not, bad people just because they stutter or they can't not articulate 
their thoughts properly just because they have a stutter. So having mm. those kind of conversations, I think, has made our generation and the generation below us, um, like Gen Z, um, more aware of that. And I think, I hope it's going in a positive direction. It seems <laughs> that way, at least from like people correcting each other all the time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, if you change your look, you can definitely succeed. You might have people drop off and then gain a new audience, um, which is not a bad thing all the time. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think we have these ebbs and flows in who our audience is anyway, if you've been online long enough. Definitely. I mean, what, what <laughs> scared, scared me? Your dog loves me. Loves me. Great. Um, what, <laughs> We'll bond. Um, what like scared me about that question, and like part of it was like, what happens if you aren't good looking? Like, or well, I think it was like, if you're not good looking, can you still succeed on YouTube? And it's like, um, like that scared me in that like, there's just like the beautiful thing about the internet and YouTube is like the weird and wonderful people shine, and that's kind of like, yeah, you know, like it, the weirdos. We want like, <laughs> we we want to be surrounded by weirdos. It, like, I love weird people. The internet is full of weird, cool, interesting, eccentric people, right? Like, I'd much rather hang out with someone that's a little odd than someone that's really boring. Exactly. And, you know, like, your lens of what's good looking or not is different to the next person, to the next person, to the next person. Yeah, it's all and, subjective. Yeah, and we're like, what What we're really, you know, the yeah, there are a, a small fraction of people on the internet that, make money from their looks on on probably on instagram um <clears throat> maybe tiktok but like the majority it's the interesting people creating valuable content for really interesting communities right like like your you know vegan community but like and people who are i don't know vegan curious or, or like <laughs> dipping their toes in the water like us the creator community who are all the weird wonderful people and some of you might make money out of being good looking and good on you um, we don't, you know, we don't judge. It's all, all, you know, that's the beautiful melting pot that is the creator generation. Like you can be you um, as long as you're then creating something of interest and value to your people. So like, yeah, you can succeed if you're not traditionally good looking, um, whatever that might be. Like, yeah, it's sort of, oh, uh, yeah, it scares me and I kind of want to beat that out of anyone who thinks that. Like you do you. And that's probably going to set you up for better success than trying to be someone else, which is exactly what, Candice, you sort of brought to the fore probably in a better way in, in your video than, than I have in that little rant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the whole point there is just that there's room for everyone on the internet. Um, no matter who you are, you are going to find your weird tribe of people. And that's awesome. And so good looking or not, like you said, it's all subjective, right? Like someone that I might not find attractive, you know, the person next to me might think they're the hottest person in the world. Um, all of that stuff is subjective. And no matter what you look like or who you are, I think that if you, you do want to foster a community, those people are going to find you. Like your people will find you. Look, speaking of that, I mean, everyone wants to find that, that tribe and, and connect with them. What would be your advice to a new creator to any of these platforms how would you how would you do that? how do you set yourself up to find those people i mean it's i always it's such a cliche answer like that we kind of always use as like a jump off point which is you know just be yourself and you'll and you'll attract people that are like you um mm. 
putting yourself out there, um, whatever that means and is comfortable for you. Um, and I mean, having people, I found that a lot of the time your community doesn't really engage with each other unless you ask them to. Um, so let's say you're a new creator and you have like 10 followers, get those 10 followers to interact with each other, um, create like a really cool conversation. And, you know, then the people will come, they'll tell somebody and tell somebody else. And, um, and yeah, and collabs are always great for that too. Like I might have the same type of audience that like another vegan creator has, but they haven't found out about them yet or haven't found out about me yet. And there's obviously going to be a lot of crossover um, if we're, if we are in the same niche, but we're also different people. So then we also have that unique um, ability and um, kind of like thing that we bring to the table. Amazing. Hey, that is um, excellent advice. I think. Um, yeah. I'm going to, yeah, it's, it's a great place to finish, but I don't want to finish there because, um, well, I like to shift gears. To, to, to wrap it, like my favorite, my, what I've been thinking about, and it's totally irrelevant. Well, it's relevant, but not very useful, but entertaining maybe. What's your worst favorite, um, worst slash favorite vegan stereotype or joke? <laughs> the worst vegan stereotype or joke or my favorite worst vegan stereotype. Yeah. Um, where do we get our protein? <laughs> where do you get your protein? Like that, <laughs> like that vegans are frail and, and don't get protein and pass out all the time. Just faint from pure exhaustion because we're living off of lettuce leaves. That's probably the worst one because if you know anything about nutrition, like you <laughs> – like even the basics of nutrition, you know that there's tons of protein in plants. That's probably that's probably the like one that, that annoys me the most. Like, and it happens you got one? every time. I honestly no, I don't. I, I don't know enough about it to, to have one. Like, well, have you got one? I do. Like it's it's an it's an oldie but a goodie, and it does ring true a little a little bit. So so sorry, Candice, but you know it's the old. How do you know if someone's a vegan? <laughs> yep. <laughs> They'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't we worry, they'll tell you. They'll, don't worry, they'll yeah. tell you. Exactly. It's a, um, I have known those vegans, and um, it stuck with me ever since I met that that vegan at university. Um, it was, yeah. You know what, though? I will say the meat eaters make themselves also very known on my page. Like, how do you know who is following you eats meat? Don't worry, they'll tell you. <laughs> Yeah. They're the ones that type true. bacon on <laughs> on anything that I post, or that's not me. Call it a mushroom, then. You know those people really calling <laughs> themselves that's out. An, amazing. They're they're there for you. Yes. they're there with you. It's um, yeah. I, even trolls. I welcome trolls. <laughs> trolls are famous meat eaters. Um, <laughs> awesome. All right, on that note, I think uh, wrap it up. But if you've got a good uh, vegan stereotype, I reckon people should should flood the comments with that. No, let's not do that. Um, yeah, yeah. Now I'm curious what kind of answers yeah, you're okay. going to get. Let's do that. Let's find them. Let's, <laughs> fi- let's find them. We'll share them with Candice. Um, Candice, the edgy veg, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Like, yeah, not just as, as a vegan creator, but just as this badass woman who's sharing awesome content um, and telling it. You know, telling it how it is and how it should be. 
Like, no, like I genuinely, you know, what you've done is in, in sharing your story is, is super empowering and, and, and very important. So, yeah, we're really privileged to have you, like, share it in such candid nature with us. So I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank Thanks. you so much. And, I, and thank you for allowing me to share my story and hopefully it inspires other women, you know, to, uh, to make sure that their voice is heard out there on the internet and find their tribe as well. We the generation on the mic.